Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events in the world of golf. Uh, my name is Neil Tappin and it's the day after the Ryder Cup. We've got quite a lot to talk about and I'm joined by uh, Tom Clark. Tom, morning. How are we doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Not bad. A bit jaded. Uh, I watched the Ryder Cup uh, at lovely Old Thorns in Hampshire uh, and that meant that quite a lot of alcohol has been consumed over the last few <laughs> Can days. you remember what happened? Yes, I think. We didn't win, did we? Uh, uh, no. So, uh, yes, didn't I, win. No, I remember, yes, I remember most things. Uh, and you were playing in your, what's, the, what's it called? Well, it's, uh, it's well, we have several names for it. Not all of them I can say <laughs> on Politically right, right now. Um, but it's my cricket club's uh, society weekend Golf away. Day. Weekend away, so, and you were captain. I was Captain Clark, one successful Captain Clark this weekend, and that was me. So, oh, well uh, done. There you go. Really Congratulations. was. I uh, led off the singles yesterday and uh, got us a, a very important point. So, uh, I understand <laughs> you've got more than 20 points as well, so it's got to go down yes. to success. Well, that is the voice of Nick Bonfield, <laughs> by the way. He's felt it important to interject in this. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to goad him, I couldn't resist. No, no, no goading required, no goading required. Some awful play, of course, over the weekend was interspersed by the odd... Tell us about your worst shot. Before we get into the Ryder Cup, tell us about your worst shot. Oh, there's, there's several. Just pick one. Um, <laughs> there's too many to mention. Oh, horrendous snap hook, which went, I think, into the next... What's the next county to Hampshire? Sorry. Wherever the next, yeah, Sussex maybe. It was it, it was a long way offline. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, well, it's good to have you here, Tom. Have you uh, have you do you have a hangover? Uh, ha I don't know if I've sobered up. So the hangover might be a bit later on. <laughs> okay. Uh, and also, hello, Nick. Nick Bonfield. Hello, Neil. Hello. You've flown in especially for this podcast I have, from Colombia, of all places. Yes. An interesting place to spend the Ryder Cup. Uh, half of the Ryder Cup. So I caught the pivotal moments, uh, but no, it was a, a great time. Friends have opened a hostel over there, so I thought I'd go and visit them and say hello. Um, what a wonderful country. I would thoroughly recommend that everyone goes at some stage, especially now they've just signed a peace deal as well. Yeah, so you've the never they've been at war for 20 years. You go there for two weeks and you sort it out. Well done. What can I say? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Well, as I said, last night was uh, the final day of the 2016 Ryder Cup. There are as always, a lot of different talking points to go through. Um, gents, where should we start? Um, let's start with a mention for the USA team. So I think obviously we're probably going to concentrate on what Darren Clark did right and wrong, what the European players did right and wrong. But let, before we get going on that, um, I think a word from everyone on just how good they were. Yeah, um, they were awesome. Um, they got a lot of things right. Ryan Moore, I mean, a week, a week before he holed the winning putt at the Ryder Cup, he wasn't even in the team. So um, <laughs> I think they got that right, and they'll do that from now, now on, won't they? Um, having him picked so late on. Vindication. Uh, vind yes, vindication. Dave Slough III, you know, it's, it's, as well, I mean, he was very unlucky to be the captain that lost at Medina because he, he did very little wrong that time and actually seemed to really... Um, captain very well and was just let down a bit by, by his players on that final day so I think he I think he was obviously a little bit emotional afterwards that very weird hug weird with Bubba, hug with Bubba. Bubba Watson Bubba. after there's a lot of emotion going on there I don't, I'm not sure what was going on there I'm not, uh, but um, yeah I think I think he, he deserves a lot of credit and um, 
and, and fair play to him on that. Um, and then like Phil Mickelson, he hasn't played very well this year, but he had 10 birdies yesterday. Um, he played all right at the Open. He did play all right at the Open, but he hasn't had a, that good a season really at all. Although obviously he's something he's, he always, maybe would, we, well, his standards are always a little bit higher than everybody else. But um, they were a very good team. Um, they were unified, um, weren't they? And they all seemed to really rally around Clark, uh, around uh, Love. Um, clearly a very popular leader. And they all justified their places in the side. And when you hold that many putts, quite frankly, there's nothing the Europeans can do about it. When you look at the putts hold percentage on a standard week from the 15 to 25 foot range, it's somewhere around the 10% mark. And then in the Ryder Cup, every other putt seems to be going in the hole. There's sometimes you know, just have crazy, to isn't it? doff your cap to them and say, fair play, you deserved it. But Europeans played extremely good golf themselves. And I thought also um, what was interesting, I watched an early press conference at the start of the week and you could see that Davis Love has a good relationship with the press as well. So he's obviously a bloke that people really like, mm. um, that the players want to play for and that the media even want to rally around. Um, and it, it sort of shows, doesn't it? I know that these things, you can kind of, you can talk about these things endlessly and ultimately who plays the better golf wins. But, you know, the difference in Ryder Cups can be quite, quite fine margins, can't it? Mm. And actually creating a team unit where when things do go slightly wrong, no one panics, everyone's in it, um, no one sort of shoulders any blame, all of these things, they can make a bit of a difference. And it's never, you know, the difference between the two sides is never vast, is it? But no. yeah, it, as you say, that combined with an extremely strong team on paper and a, a very strong putting outfit, uh, all added up to victory and a thoroughly deserved one. But Europeans played very well, did a thoroughly commendable job and it just adds a bit more spice to, to two years' time now, doesn't it? I, I'm not completely sure if I completely agree that the Europeans played that well. Um, I think there's a lot of people who will be very disappointed in their performance. Some Europeans played very, very well. Yeah, some, oh, absolutely. Some, Thomas Peters, I mean, fair play to him. Rookie played every match. Peters wrote... Nigel, you love that. <laughs> you love the, that. The word vindication has been used already on this podcast. Uh, no, I, I thought he would excel, and he did. Um, he he's he a perfect was, demeanour and mindset and skill set to do yeah. well in the Ryder Cup. He, he's a, he was excellent, and Rory was... Uh, he just, you know, he's... If you think a few years ago, when he first burst on the scene, he actually said he wasn't that... He didn't really think the Ryder Cup was was that important to him. But you see, that match... Well, him and that was okay. really, that well, well, hang on a second. We've sort of veered on to talking about the Europeans. Of um, <laughs> I just want to bring us back, because... Um, just a word about Patrick Reed yeah. as well, because yeah, was... if one player, if you, know, if you could hand the trophy to one player, yeah. <laughs> if they handed out a, a, an award for player of the yeah, man of the man of the match was man def- <laughs> was definitely Patrick Reed. Uh, he was it? outstanding. He, even though he only he, they lost him and Spieth lost one, halved one, didn't they? Yeah, and that's... so he won three and a half points, which is less than what Thomas Peters won. Yeah. Beat, beat, McElroy, but, beat McElroy in the first match in the singles. But he beat McElroy. And also, he just, you know, even the match that they lost, they went off like a train, didn't mm. they? And he was just making birdies and he just epitomised that we're going to get the crowd excited, we're going to get everyone mm. behind us attitude that eventually carried the Have, he, he's, he's a brilliant pantomime villain for the Ryder Cup because one team hates him one team absolutely loves him having been in a bar with a lot of Englishmen uh, all weekend watching it there's an awful lot of language used towards Patrick (laughs) Reid but the reason for that is because he's playing so well 
and really every one of his he just hold everything, didn't he? Yeah, and he, he's there to excite the home crowd, which he does brilliantly. And of course, by exciting the home crowd, then the opposition crowd, uh, then don't take very kindly to him. But he's just perfect for it. And you've got to, you've got to just say when he again when he's first one, he's there. Oh, what is, what is this quote? I think I'm in the top five players in the world. And he got an awful lot of abuse for that. Saying people go, oh, you're nowhere near it, mate. But but he. He was the best player out there this weekend, and he beat Rory Mac and inspired Rory McIlroy um, in a like head head to head. So I really like the guy. I've yeah. got a lot of time for Patrick Reed. I certainly don't hate him at all, and I enjoyed the spirit uh, that match was played in actually because they were obviously chastising, going each other, but it was also done in the right way, and they would also yeah. pat each other on the back after they each hold those yeah. putts on the eighth, and it was good, and it was a good spirited match, and. And I think he basically embodies what the Ryder Cup yeah. is all about. And I'm actually I'm happy for him because he gets a lot of abuse and I think yeah. some of it is unjustified. So well done, Patrick. If anyone, do, if anyone thinks golf's boring or the Ryder Cup's boring, then just have to go and watch that, that match. And if, all the excitement and the cheers and the noise, it's, it's, it was superb. It's what the Ryder Cup's all about. Having said that, though, I think... Did McElroy make a birdie after the eighth hole? I'm not sure he did. I don't, well, I don't know, but where, where, where was that ridiculously long? But where was that ridiculously long putt? Eight. Bit? Yeah, so he hold that on eight, and I'm not sure he made another birdie. I'm not saying it was a walk in the park for Reed. Far from it, but Rory. But I think possibly didn't play Rory as well as he could have. Uh, I don't know. I think Rory threw everything at him, didn't he, yeah. in the first those first eight holes, and just got nothing out of it, and maybe just a little bit of the spark left by the time they got to the turn and he was still all square and yeah because when you're having in thrown absolutely everything better positions and find yourself not winning holes because your opponent is constantly holding 25 footers <laughs> it is quite demoralizing isn't it and it's also quite ha- difficult to handle the adrenaline as well to be fair when he made that part on eight yeah he went off the boil after that partly because i think he was a bit all over the shot, <laughs> shot wasn't he? And you know what Reed did too, because Reed missed a few parts on the back nine that you would have expected him to make on the front side and over the previous couple of days as well. So I think, as you say, the adrenaline did pay, play a big part, but congratulations to him in the end, a thoroughly deserving winner leading off. In, indeed. Okay, well, let's turn to Darren Clark. Now, afterwards, Clark said that he, uh, with hindsight, wouldn't have done anything differently. He said, he sort of hinted at the fact that he might not have put, he might have put, Cabrera Bello and Garcia together in the afternoon for mm. balls on day two if he didn't have to get his pairings in so early yeah, yeah. which is understandable yeah especially but, as they were down they were, fair w- enough they were what, three down when he had to submit his pairings yeah, yeah. so that's but but but, but 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 what do we think he didn't do right because I have a few things on my I list I have several um, issues with Darren Clark's captaincy the first groups you've got how many months and years or whatever to get this right? And I just think he got those first day foursomes completely wrong uh, and then refused to then change his picks afterwards. Martin Kamen not, didn't, just did not play very well until the last three holes when Europe had already lost the Ryder Cup where he decided to somehow beat Matt Kuchar. But Kamer, he, he stuck with Kamer, didn't seem to work. I, if I'm Matthew Pitts, Fitzpatrick... I'm not quite sure what. You feel a bit hung out to dry. <laughs> hung out to dry. I mean, he played what he didn't play the first day. He lied to Chris Wood, which is fair enough. I think Wood's got a bigger case yeah. to be angry, yeah. having played really well in the foursomes and then being left out. Left like, out for, for yeah. what Westwood and Kymer. Yeah, who, who but both are playing both poorly. Playing but good Fitzpatrick, goal. he played one game and then got put number twelve in the singles. 
It's like, well, he'd be and last. That, it that's like no. saying, you've got no chance, mate. And we, if we're going to win it, we need to win it before it gets to your match. It, that's what it felt but who like. Would you, saw who that would draw. you have put last then? Well, I think you need to I'd put be... someone with a little bit of experience. I know Kmart, I don't know whether they thought put Kmart at 11 because he did, that's where he won it last time. Do, do, do you know what, Tom? I think one of the things that I felt was that I thought Darren Clark needed to split up Stenson and Rose yeah. earlier than he did. You know, he, he stuck with Stenson and Rose and they ended up losing two matches, but that's by the by, even if they'd won those two matches. I felt like if, if Europe were going to be a team in this Ryder Cup with six rookies, they're t- two of their biggest and best players, they're two of their real talisman are Rose and Stenson and they're in form and they're going to stick around and they're going to be hard to beat. And that they had to separate. They, he had no choice mm. with the makeup of the team. He had to separate them out. He did it in the uh, second, the morning of the second day, and Wood obviously played well alongside Rose. I think he should have done it earlier than that. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it's, it's a no brainer, especially happened, in four balls. The, the repercussion of that is that Sullivan, um, Fitzpatrick, and Chris Wood only played once by the time they got to the singles, yeah. and that's where that's where on the final day. Europe's yeah. lower middle order were just crushed because, and they were they were on the periphery of the Ryder Cup all the way through yeah. those those guys, and partly because Clark didn't embrace them. I think he should have brought them into the team yeah. more often and in a better way than he did. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. I mean, Peters, let's face it, he, he put Peters out for everything, and he, that was a good decision because he won four four out of five points. I think that's right. No, so I think it's the best yeah. ever by a rookie. Yeah, so it's um, yeah. It, but especially in four balls, where Rose and Stenson are going to be playing, if you put them with a rookie and the rookie's not playing great, you know Stenson and Rose are playing well, that they're going to be in the, those holes. And they're not going to panic yeah. either. They're, they're so experienced, they're, they're calm. You know, West, Westwood, funnily enough, you'd have had in that, that category beforehand, but he played so poorly, he looked like he was panicking, yeah. which was well, West, a strange. Westwood is, well, I think we, we lost it before the singles when he's missed putt on Saturday night. Uh, you know, instead of it being a two point difference it was a three-point distance for one tiny little missed putt that he missed but uh, yeah Westwood were very disappointing came a very disappointing um and I, I just is that Clark's fault I mean Darren Clark picks them no, they were the no, right we've right discussed this they, they were, were the right, right men for the job right so right they had he had to pick experience they mm. were both up there in the rankings they didn't miss by a long way kind of hold the putt winning putt in a Ryder Cup yeah, but I, th- I think I think you've got to, he has picked them, but they're not. It was early. It was very clear early doors on Friday that they were not playing very well. So why? To be fair, them? he did. Yeah, bench kind West, of went back he did out. He played four matches, sessions, didn't, he? Though, didn't he? To be fair, yeah. So it's not as if he persisted with Westwood when he wasn't playing well. No, but but he put he did put Kymer out twice on Kymer day one. was questionable. I thought, and I, then again as on you day said two. Earlier, it's, it's almost as if he tried to hide the rookies on the periphery instead of embracing the fact that they had to be an integral part because there were six of them. There were six of them. You, you can't, know, you can't, you can't hide, just yeah. push all, all, well, you can't push four of six rookies or, f- sorry, five of six rookies to one side and say you're not really going to play a part in this. The, the, the one that if you were going to do that too, oddly enough, would have been Danny Willett because of what happened in the build-up to the Ryder Cup. Yeah. You know, he just, funnily enough, Danny Willett is one of the most confrontational um, confident, aggressive, spiky golfers there is around. And yet at this Ryder Cup, a tournament where you thought that he would, those attributes would really, that the sort of Patrick Reed attributes would really go down well, he seemed to really retire back into his shell, didn't he? And I think that's partly because of what happened in the build-up. Yeah. I mean, the, the, he, I think he was going to play in the, the foursomes and they decided to, to move him because it seemed that he was going to play with Westwood in the foursomes. 
in that first session, and they moved him because of what happened the night before the brunt's comments. And I think <laughs> I think they should have just said, "Don't worry about it. Don't just just play with him." And in the crowd, I think he miss misjudged how badly the crowd would come after him in light of those comments. I think even someone who's as confident as he and as he is. That was quite a, a shocking thing to try and get his head around, and try and become accustomed to, because you know when those American fans set themselves against you, it's not, it's quite hostile, isn't it? It's yeah, uh, and especially when your performance perhaps not as as great as you'd like it to be. I mean, it can have a massive bearing on the impact. Plus, his putting was was pretty poor, wasn't it? I mean, how many times did it flash to him for the half from eight feet, and he missed yeah, and he missed singles, and you go, well, basically four it. holes in a row. And if you're not holding eight foot putts in the Ryder Cup singles, you're not going to win a point. Simple as that. Indeed, I mean, a lot of people will be listening to this thinking, well, hindsight is a great thing. And, you know, but I, I think, yes, hindsight is a great thing. And the one thing that you, I would have changed with hindsight, whereas at the time I thought it was a great idea, was when I saw McElroy up against Reed. Reed was so inspired, it felt like almost you needed, you, it was worth putting someone with a shot to nothing against Reed. Mm. Whereas McElroy could have played three down the order. And brought home a point. I don't know. That's the only thing I would change, but only Send with Matt hindsight. When I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that does sound awful, doesn't it? When you when you put it like uh, that, there but, is some logic to what you said there. I just, yeah. But I didn't think that at the time. No. When I saw the draw, I thought this is going to be a ding dong battle, and, and McElroy is going to win this because he's just not going to let Reed get past him. I sort of probably underestimated Patrick Reed a little bit. Yeah. Now everyone, even in the commentary, everyone was saying that uh, Monty was very bullish about the fact that Reed didn't have a chance, etc., etc., which I thought was <laughs> a little bit misguided. But no, I think ninety-five percent of people, even Americans, would expect McIlroy to take that one home. So kudos to Patrick. <laughs> Indeed. Um, let's talk about Rory. Uh, he was a bit different this week. <laughs> he was aside to Rory, we've not really seen no, before. He was. Um... I think it's because he didn't, he's not wearing a cap. Something must happen when he doesn't wear a cap. <laughs> and uh, his, his hair's on show. His hair's in the sun. Now, he was, he was really going for it. Um, he, he, was try, he was trying to do... I think he was trying to do what Reed did over in Glen Eagles and really wind up the crowd as much as possible. And, but he did get... I heard a few comments, even on TV, when they said that you don't hear much. I heard one in particular on... Saturday night, I thought, oh, that's a bit rough. Yeah, uh, you know. yeah. I mean, he he. There was, there was an awful lot of abuse coming his way. The crowd was, well, raucous is not a strong enough word. The crowd were incredible. It was. It made the spectacle what it was, uh, whether people like like it or not. It was antagonistic. Yeah, wasn't it? It was. yeah. But it, it made for an incredible atmosphere, and it was pure entertainment, which is what the Ryder Cup's supposed to be. Um, I know there was a few people who, who did uh, cross the line and were ejected from the premises. Um, uh, but, but yeah, that's. But no, I agree with you. And also, professional golfers at times can be a bit precious. And but having said that, we want to give them the platform to play their best. Mm. And if you know, if someone's shouting at the top of the backswing, obviously that's not yeah, the right that, platform. That, yeah. But it was. I didn't have an issue. You think issue of how many the, thousands the of people were there. There was and how many times. You know, there was it's the odd individual you know I think most of the people when it came down to the important moments that you know they, they were quiet when they were needed to or, it was in between mm. those shots that, that there was a huge amount uh, going on I think a really key moment was on 16 when someone someone shout just before his wedge approach to the green when Reed was already yeah. in the greenside bunker and that I think that probably put him off a bit hit a poor wedge shot missed the putt and then he's 
sort of behind the yeah, we lost the Ryder Cup. So basically, but that, that, but that wasn't the, the reason we lost the Ryder Cup. He's responsible, directly was... responsible for us losing the Ryder no, Cup. No, but that wasn't. If, if Roy McIlroy <laughs> had beaten Patrick Reed, we would not have won the Ryder Cup. Say, we, it's, it's hard to absolutely it's hard to nowhere monitor knock on effects, isn't it? It's hard we're to no, say that. We were we, we lost the Ryder Cup way before that. Unfortunately, we had to stack the the, the front of the singles order with our premier players, which left us vulnerable at the back. Uh, but there was, I, I think, Clark had to do that. We all recognise that Clark. Well, had to that's do that. that's true. But had he introduced those rookies earlier, that might that we may not have been in, looking quite so ropey but at the back of the draw. Maybe, but how many of them? <laughs> Basically, if we did, we were basically playing catch up from the moment we lost four nil in the first session. Because if you're pretty much on level par, you can afford to have a, a, a pretty a one. Maybe you can afford to have one session where you get beaten three one something like that and still be in it. But when you've lost four, when you've lost four nil and then you lose three one as well, that's always going to be very difficult for you, isn't it? So it all kind of stems from that first session, where did, a lot of those rookies weren't actually playing anyway. Do you think we're we're seeing a, a new phase in Rory's? Ryder Cup career do you think this is now him becoming a sort of talisman for the Ryder Cup that we can expect for yeah I don't know the next four or five without doubt yeah. without doubt I mean I think it has started with him uh, he in, at Medina really um, when he was was late for his tea time and all that and but then still won the match and but this was different though he, this Tom, was completely was, di- this was um, completely different he, this he, was him understanding that he was the leader yeah, he, a, and yeah. taking it to the Americans and Kind of embracing yeah. the atmosphere, but and if you, yeah, in Medina there were a lot of other people around him. You, you, we had a very strong team still that year. There was yeah. all kind of great players there who were all playing well, and there were lots of leaders or or whatever in that team. Whereas there were, there were there, we were missing leaders this time round. Rose and Stenson led on, you know, let their clubs do the talking, don't they? Um, whereas it's Rory and and maybe Sergio were the only two people really who who um, looked to ignite the crowd and and, and all that because um, yeah unfortunately none of the Peters was superb but um, they showed some some passion but uh, the rest of the rookies I just well they weren't like they didn't get the opportunity to show any passion out there um, I felt um, if they'd been given a chance if they'd all been given a chance in that first day. Then I think you say, right, who's embracing it? Who's playing exactly. well? Exactly. Yeah. Then we can actually go and use them. But when you're not even giving these guys a chance, um, it seems just very. Yeah, you and you go, you know what? Them. We're not going to. We're going to keep with with Kamer. We're going to keep with Westwood. Well, yeah. Sullivan we was really unlucky, wasn't he? Because he actually played some good stuff in that yeah. first session. Yeah. But do, do, do you know what? I, I think the reason he got dropped was because when it came, when push came to shove in that first session and they were all square playing 17, he yeah, hit a terrible yeah. shot into the water. And that was pressure. And I think they probably lost their nerve a bit with Andy Sullivan and thought the pressure's got to him here. I don't know whether he can handle it. Yeah. But, 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 well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. But then I, I just don't think... When you say, OK, well, Kame has lost two games in a row, well, let's give him another go. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so interestingly, last night um, as the Ryder Cup came to an end, I was one, looking at the analytics for the Golf Monthly web, website, and, rock and one of the rock and roll, articles, Neil, rock and roll. one of the articles that was doing very well was people looking up why Paul Casey wasn't in the team. Mm. Something that we'd written about uh, sort of three or four weeks ago. Um, is there any call to change the European selection process, given how um, 
uh, Nigel, shaking your head, just let me finish. Given how we've talked a lot about Darren Clark's wildcard picks and how poorly two of them played, is there any call to slightly tweak the selection process itself, the time frame of that process, to make sure that you end up with players who are informed? Because clearly Keimer and Westwood were just not at the races. Yeah, they weren't at the races, but their form was, wasn't bad coming into it. You know, they were fully deserving of their picks. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but, but if, let's say that the selection process for the European Ryder Cup had, the final selection process had taken halfway through the FedEx, FedEx Cup and Paul Casey had been eligible, he would, would, would probably have got one of those picks. No, 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 no. Um, it's not the, the first pit isn't a hypothetical. If, if they change the f- selection process, but, so do you want to change the timeline, or do you want to change it so Casey could have played? No, ch- change it. Change the timeline. Yeah, possibly. I think there is a call for that because at the time, Westwood and Kyle were decent picks based on their not only their experience but also their form. It wasn't as if he'd picked some players who were out of form purely based on experience. So I think they were they were fine picks at the time. But yes, possibly it does raise an interesting point, and I don't really see any harm in shifting it back a little bit further, or even mixing it up like the Americans did. I do think it's a really really tricky mental adjustment for someone like Ryan Moore to to be thrust into the limelight at the last minute, and I think he acquitted himself really well. So I I, I wouldn't be in favour of going that late. D- difficult to put pl- plans into place for who you're going to play with and creating a unless unless it's someone that you've played a lot of golf with, junior golf with growing up, who's also in the team that you know you can click with. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think that's Suddenly arriving that's on, on the Monday and saying you're going to play, play with JB Holmes, I hope it all goes well. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. No, uh, it's tricky. Yeah, I, I, Paul Casey, for me, if he's not going to put the effort in to make the team, then that's his issue. Um, you can't make these people play a certain amount of events. If, if, it, was, if it meant a lot more to him... Um, then I think he would have tried his hardest to, to do it. I know he's got a young family and uh, that's that was the reasons why he decided he, yeah. he would pull out and stuff like that. It. I think that Paul Casey still um, is hurting that he didn't get a, a pick for for Celtic Manor when uh, I think it was in t- 2010 uh, when Molinari, Molinari got picked got instead. Him. So I, I, I feel that ever since then he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder and that's the reason why he's not going that extra yard to make the team. I think that's quite fair. I think there's a lot of contradiction in what he said about the Ryder Cup because he, in all his interviews when he's asked about it, he was saying, you know, I love the Ryder Cup. It means so much to me to play in it. But it was almost, he was almost saying, if the European Tour make it easier for me to play, then I'll play in it. It's like, mate, you've got to go and play five events in the course of one year. It's not that it's hard. It's not that difficult, no. even yeah. if you've got a family based in America, as most, well, as a lot of the European side do anyway. Come on. Yeah. Just I, go over and play in January. The, and the irony of, of this conversation is that if, if that, um, those hypotheticals were, or did all um, set up in a line, um, it probably would have been Thomas Peters who'd have been left out anyway. <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. Because if, you, if you're going to do a... If you're going to keep with these all these multiple wildcard picks, which I think are, I think there's too many. I think they should be one or two, to be quite honest. Because Westwood and Cambridge were pretty much the next two anyway, and then Peters was. A, it's, you know, when you look back at um, yeah, and the American team, I think the first three were the next three, and like apart from yeah, Bubba, the it's, next Bubba, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's all. It's not like when um, we played at, at the K Club. But what year was that? Two thousand six. Darren Clark was picked. Yeah, Doug Clark was picked from way back. I know he had. There was just so much about it. He was picked because he was Irish, because 
or the emotional story because he's actually played in lots of Ryder Cups before. So maybe it would have been better if we picked Luke Donald, for example, who is quite a way down the list, but he had that experience, he's played in Ryder Cups. Graham McDowell, again, he was in the frame, but because he's not in that first 15 or whatever, he doesn't, he has no chance. So what's the point of these wildcard picks if you're not going to look further than just a handful of, of players? But, but that's all hindsight, though, Kazza. You, yeah, you wouldn't it, have picked this is all, those players ahead this, of Keimer and Westwood, This is all hindsight. But, well, I know, but that's up to Darren Clark. Darren Clark's got, got the choice. He knows what he wants in that team. And he decided to go with, with an, well with a rookie and the rookie did very well yeah. but then the rookies that had actually properly qualified and played the best throughout the year he then didn't use it's quite fickle isn't it because we, we were all sat here a couple of weeks ago saying that the picks were absolutely spot on and um, it's a simple fact uh, do you know what do, I, do you know what I, I'd like you to listen to that podcast again because I <laughs> go, go on <laughs> who were you pushing for I said no Keimer I wanted Lowry in the team Fine, but who's to say Lowry would have done any better? You know, at the end of the day... Well, we he all couldn't have, to... have done much worse, <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> he could have lost every game. We all have to find reasons for the loss and actually dig yeah. deeper on things that perhaps we was, don't necessarily was, need to yeah. dig that deep. It was the people this. that were missing. If you'd had a fit Polter in there, Polter Poulter would have been the one. If he, Because he wasn't having a great season. If he was fit and he had not had a great season and would have been ranked 30th on the list or whatever, would he have picked Ian Poulter? I think he would have done yeah, because it's the Ryder Cup and Mitt has the best percentage record in the Ryder Cup or whatever. Uh, well, Peters probably has that now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, hundred. <laughs> well, eighty actually. No, eighty. Yeah, no, get, get it right. Um, so there were people missing. There was no. Suddenly, there's no Donald. There's no Poulter. There's no McDowell, and you've got these rookies in. So that's the difference from that team. You know, from from. Previous Ryder Cups, but you don't know. Maybe for the next few Ryder Cups, but these guys—if these guys qualify again—they now have all that experience in, in the bank, and you know it's going to make them a better player. I think having experienced that. The the, the other, do you know, the other point about all of this is, you can try to hide Matt Fitzpatrick if you like, but as you've been saying all year, time, I have. He he's 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 the second youngest player at this Ryder Cup behind Jordan Spieth. Whether or not you think he's got a great Ryder Cup career ahead of him, one thing's for sure, he's going to play in a few of these things. I'm not sure you'd say the same about Andy Sullivan. I'm not sure you'd say, even say the same about Rafa cabrera Bay. but Matt Fitzpatrick, probably, I, I really strongly think that he will play in quite a few. And there, there is a cause to say, don't just pop him on the periphery of this tournament because it's a bit early for him. Have one eye on the future as yeah. well. Understand that this guy is a—he's a big part of your the future of your yeah. Of the, of and he the, played, of the he played well, team. didn't he? For the they just—they just came up against an inspired who was it? Snedeker and Kupka was it? Yeah, Kupka. Who just reeled off birdie after birdie in in foursomes. I, I was disappointed yeah. that Fitzpatrick wasn't in the the foursomes in the first in the first group, round because he playing on he side is foursomes. the perfect was it? Yeah. He hits every fairway and hits every green. Look at his stats on the European Tour stats. I, even I look at stats sometimes, Nick, mm. and he. It's, he's the best up there as a, as a combined thing. So why not put him up there? Um, I, don't, I just don't know. That, that, I was frustrated. I was frustrated that Peters was in ahead of him in that team. But actually, Peters obviously played very well. But yeah, yeah. But Fitz, Fitzpatrick could play him. in the next ten. Could play in the next ten Ryder Cups easily. Uh, yeah. And I just hope this hasn't left any mental scarring um, on him. But I don't know. We'll wait and see. Probably not as bad as Danny Willett's mental scarring, well, I would have thought. Maybe true. 
And the other sad, sad thing is that um, Andy Sullivan will probably be feeling pretty bad about himself this morning as well when, you know, he didn't play, he played pretty he played well, well with Rory in that first morning. He played well with Rory and he ran into an inspired Snedeker. At the end of the day, when they hold as many putts as they do, it's always going to be difficult to win and that's a simple fact and we can we can read into whatever we like and all these other factors they hold more parts than us that's why they won uh, okay next okay next topic of conversation uh, there is a story going on the golf monthly website very soon um, about Justin Rose's criticism of the golf course layout now Justin isn't talking about the, the fact that, that he had a, we could have won the Ryder Cup had the course setup been indifferent. But what he said was, it felt like a pro am. So on the last day, the pins were right in the middle of the greens. There was absolutely no rough. The golf course setup wasn't tough enough. He said the problem was that when you came to the last few holes, these were holes designed to be difficult, designed to be a tough test, and they weren't because the pins weren't placed anywhere near the water, and tight matches became actually quite easy to win I think is I'm putting words in his mouth here but that's kind of the the direction I thought he was heading in with that what did you think of the golf course setup good it's funny initially when I heard those comments I thought sour grapes straight away and then when I actually took them in and thought back to the pin placements on 15 16 17 18 actually there's some justification in this comment so imagine sort of standing on the justification justification <laughs> Just standing on the fifteenth tee, two down, and you're thinking, where am I going to get these holes back? Fifteen's a, a drive and a flip to a central pin. Sixteen, you're going in with an iron to a pin that's nowhere near the water. Seventeen's an eight iron to a pin right in the middle of the green, and eighteen is a driver wedge to a pin right in the middle of the green. So I think mentally it's hard to to see where you're going to turn it around standing on that tee. I, I, but you know what? It's their prerogative. They can do what they like, and they obviously play to their strengths. And it was exciting. I, I, I do think it's sour grapes because. There's a amount of times that Americans seem to come back and win those late games when the Europeans didn't. So why is it, if it's so easy, why aren't the Europeans making all these birdies? I think that's, I, I just don't get those comments. If it's so easy, why, well, why wasn't everybody birding? And also 16, yeah, I mean, lot, quite a lot of people went in the... He did describe the, the pin placement on 17 as, an, as a joke. That's, that's uh, too much. Also, it's their home conditions. The, the, the last thing they want, they want to make it sure it's as easy as possible because they don't want anyone. If anyone's having a struggle with their game, they want to make sure that they've got a chance to get round. They had a lead. They had a three-point lead. Why would you put make it hard? You wouldn't. I remember I, I watched an interview with Paul McGinley um, in the in the lead-up, and they said about the set up the course at Glen Eagles is that they made it as much as a European Tour course as possible. So the European Tour have certain uh, yes. measurements for all their rough and stuff like that. So all of that was exactly the same. The, s the speed of the greens were the exactly the same. It's because they play in the European Tour and the Americans don't. That's exactly the same as what's happened yesterday. They made the course, there, was no, there wasn't any rough on the whole course I think was there. Um, they made it as... Yeah, I think his point was that it wasn't enough of a, a, challenge, a good enough right. test, a challenge. And as, for the best and as one of the best players in the world, those last he few holes, himself to overcome that challenge better than some of yeah, the other players. And That's you, you want is. to put pins in places where mentally it, you know, it's going to challenge you. Yeah, you, know, you think from our perspective we want to see a back left pin on 16, don't we? But as Tom said, they're three points up where they want yeah. to overly challenge themselves when they don't need to. Yeah, I, I, It's just all part of the strategy of the Ryder Cup. And whilst there is merit in his points, and I do see where he's coming from, possibly maybe shouldn't have said anything 
yeah, no, there's no problem. There's no problem saying it. But I just think, <laughs> I think, I don't think, I think calling a pin position a joke is. Yes, yeah, basically Rose needed to make more six footers. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem, not the pin positions. He 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 putted. <laughs> he didn't putt very over. I mean, I I watched pretty much every shot of this Ryder Cup. The amount of times he was facing a six or eight footer and missed it. It started on the first green the first morning actually. Mm. Stenson knocked it pretty close and he missed, and it it just sort of set the tone for the whole thing. Mm. Um, and leaving that putt short on the last, <laughs> well, it's yeah. pretty inexcusable. That was, that was. Um, gents, who do you think will re- will lead Team Europe in France in two years' time? Uh, who, sh- who should lead, as opposed to who will? Because I think I think I know who will. Um, <laughs> oh, is it, who is it you? Are you get, have you had the phone? You know you the phone call? A... <laughs> um, well, I think uh, Thomas, Thomas Bjorn is going to be uh, very uh, in name. He will be in the in the, the 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 short list. I have no doubt. I think he's probably the number one candidate. Um, someone who deserves it because he's got so much. Because he's been sat on that European Tour Players Committee for so long. He's the chairman of it. Everyone on tour has so much respect for him. Uh, the younger guys coming through as well as the older guys. Uh, I think it's probably right timing for him because he's not going to be making a team in two years' time. Um, I would vote for Thomas Bjorn currently. Yeah, I think Thomas Bjorn. I think Thomas would do a good job actually because he's. He does a lot of organising and, and bits and pieces like that. There's got, there's other names which will be in there. Harrington, I think, will be a name which could potentially be in there. Maybe McGinley yeah. will get talked uh, about again. I don't think there's any doubt that McGinley's name will get thrown in the ring. Even maybe Monty's as well. Maybe by Monty himself. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm not sure. We, I can't see that happening. I, yeah. I, I don't know if we, we need to go down that route again. Although he calls one, um, and he may be Miguel Angel Jimenez. I don't know. I uh, do you know what? I'd be surprised. Communication's yeah. not good enough, is it? It's <laughs> English. Well, it's, his English isn't good enough. Well, they're playing in France. Uh, I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was surprised that Jimenez wasn't actually on the vice captains. I don't know. Yeah, he's a, a, he's a unique character, isn't he, yeah. Jimenez? And I think he's great to watch. And from the sidelines, you know, yeah. we all love him, don't we? But I don't know whether he's. He, I don't know. He loves the limelight. I'm not sure that's what yeah, he needs. I actually think captain. he's a very good vice captain. He seems to to help out. I think he brings a lot of entertainment to the to the to the group. Yeah, um, to keep him calm. And yeah, but much. I think there's yeah. And and from the the US team, the task force, who's next I on the list? Ha- Tim Furyk. No, I think mm. Fred Couples is. But what? no, it, no, it can't be. Why? The whole task force was set up so that they had. Pl- people who were vice captains who were going to step up to become the next captain that you had this group of people following on from the european Fred, setup where Fred you have done a very good job but he's not vice captain Ryder cup once let me finish Fred, Cup, Fred couples has done a great job at the president's cup on several occasions um i think they'll they will definitely look at him so Fu- the president's Fury. cup and the Ryder cup Fu- are so different Fury, how, I don't, are so different Furyk will still be really in the mix to, to qualify for the team, I predict, because his game is so consistent and has withstood all the modern challenges. And I don't see Jim Furyk going anywhere. To be honest with you, I know he's late forties, but he'll still be plotting his way around golf courses for another three, four years to come yet. So, I think it might be a little bit too early for Jim Furyk. I, 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 I just don't see any of those vice captains being the captain next time. Stricker? No. I don't think Stricker would be very. Stricker good doesn't. He doesn't scream great Ryder Cup captain instantly off the bat, does he? Uh, he's quite Why? quiet and shy. Um, 
But I, David Love is quite and shy. No, no, he's got. I think he's got more verve to him. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't see Stricker as a, an obvious captain. I think you two are way off. Well, who do you think? Tom Lehman. I think it's either Tom Lehman. You going to do Tom Lehman again? No, no, I don't think it's, okay. it's going to be but, Tiger. T- but Tom Lehman is there because he's he's been a previous Ryder Cup guy. He knows what it's all about. So in the same way that you know we had that on our side mm-hmm. and have had that in the past, the Americans were looking to emulate what Europeans were doing, and the Europeans were never didn't have a captain at the Ryder Cup and for all the years that they were successful who hadn't previously played a role as a vice captain. But Maybe Darren Clark, Darren Clark wasn't a vice captain at Glen Eagles is that right no Medina I'm not sure Clark and McKinley are best mates so no, they're not they're not uh, they're definitely not <laughs> okay if you say so Nick no um, they're not that's history there but uh, Furyk for me too early for him because uh, as I said his pl- I think his playing career will still be still be doing fairly well then uh, Stricker maybe I was a bit harsh um, I just Bubba yeah, Bubba for me Bubba, Bubba for, for captain. captain Bubba, Bubba, Bubba for, for captain he would be br- is it too late <laughs> he would be brilliant <laughs> It would, or Patrick I Reed. If Bubba, if Bubba was captain, he would cry every ten minutes. <laughs> every putt that every goes putt in. Every putt that he'd hold, he, he'd be in tears. <laughs> so you'd be, think, Strick, be a you think Stricker captain. would be the, the obvious choice? Do you? No, I think Furyk's going to be. No, he'll still be playing. Still be right. almost qualifying. I think it's, I think it's all already a done deal. You do okay. What about well, Dave, Davis Love again? I mean, I, I don't know, but I think. Do you know what? I think it wouldn't be a bad shout. I don't think David Love should do it again. I, I personally, I think he's done too. He must be thinking. He's done well, a good I've got job the, both I've of got them. the finally got that win. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else could do it now. I think it's quite, a bit like McGinley. I, yeah, exactly. I, I think now it's such a strain emotionally for 15 months. <laughs> I think they're quite relieved when it's over. Yeah. I, oh, I, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. So yeah. twice is enough, I would say, for Davis. But. Yeah. Maybe Furyk. Um, think it's a bit early. Maybe. Think we should put a wager Tiger. on this, Neil. Yeah. Tiger. Tiger. Tiger's going to have won two more majors by then. Yeah, Tiger's going to be a seventeen-time major champion by then. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think that brings us towards the end of our podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to say about the Ryder Cup? Uh, no. Very enjoyable. Um, watching an American Ryder Cup in England is always awesome because it's yeah. that great viewing time and um, although very disappointed with the result um, it's I don't think an awful thing for golf that American have won won it and um, it was now be Europe's turn to try and strike back so um, yeah my, my only my only disappoint really disappointing thing was that we missed that putt on Saturday yeah, night yeah. that would have made Sunday. As soon, as soon as it that, would have made Sunday it was about three ten times more exciting. With those singles matches and the amount of rookies and the strength of their side, you just always felt it was too much, didn't you? Even if we'd have gone in level, it was going to be tough. But if we'd have just eked that point out, it, it, it was you the never know, weird uh, yeah. things happen and the it pressure mounts. It was the absolute opposite and, to Poulter's five birdies in a row, Medina to get back the momentum yeah. even though we were 10-6 down mm. and you went into that last day you're thinking oh, I'm re- I cannot wait to watch the singles tonight it's going to be so close I can just feel it as soon as we missed that it's like oh right, we've lost where's the <laughs> well, who's, who's, who's round is it <laughs> so, <laughs> yours yeah, yeah it probably was <laughs> <laughs> okay good um, gentlemen thank you for your time thank you thank you um, and uh, we will see you next time in Clubhouse